If your business is tired of paying unpredictable and high phone bills, do what I did. Switch to Zoom Call's cloud business phone service. You'll pay the same low amount every month, no matter how many calls you have in the U.S. and Canada. And Zoom Calls has a really cool feature called voicemail drops. Whenever you reach someone's voicemail, just say hi in their name and then click a couple of buttons on your phone to leave your pre-recorded message. It saves both your voice and your time. Check out zoomcalls.com. That's zoomcalls.com. I think you'll love it. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, that is right. You are listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk, and I am your host, Todd Huff. Email, as always, Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. We are live and, well, you can catch us on demand as well on Facebook, hour number one of the program. I am happy to report I got a haircut yesterday. I will not sing the haircut song, but I did get a haircut yesterday, and I feel like a new man after that haircut, so there you go. Email gave you that. Facebook gave you that. I want to tell you here off the top, um, <laughs> I've been thoroughly entertained this morning by uh, the Biden campaign. I don't know if you saw this. Biden's campaign, Biden's campaign wants to apparently someone on the the campaign team um what's his name here Aaron Rupar Aaron Rupar excuse me no Mike Gwynn I'm sorry he retweeted something from Aaron Rupar and made the comment that Trump is not playing with a full deck He's a campaign deputy on Team Biden. Retweets something that's saying, Mike, excuse me, Donald Trump is not playing with the full deck. I want you to hear the the soundbite. This is Trump. This is a soundbite from Trump um, referring to Tulsi Gabbard, but he calls her by the wrong name. It's not completely wrong. It's half right. And the first name rhymes with her real name. That he uses, but I want you to hear this, and I want to talk about this for a minute because I think it shows the desperation of the Biden campaign, giving, uh, given all the things that we know and are finding out. In fact, including Biden being named now by the Ukrainian government as effectively um, a potential uh, criminal in the way that he interfered with the government's uh, officials and the firing of of. Um, of the prosecutor over there who is investigating Burisma, which is where his son Hunter served on the board of directors. I want you to uh, to hear this, but I, or we'll get into that, but I want you to hear the soundbite first. So let's listen to the, the clip from Trump here yesterday. Kelsey Gabbard. Yeah. Just like they went to Congresswoman 
Kelsey Gabbert. I don't know her at all. And Kelsey Gabbert. That's what he called her. Kelsey Gabbard. And because he did that, the campaign team, at least one of them, Mike Gwen, the, uh, the Biden campaign chair, says that Trump's not playing with the full deck. Now, I want to be careful here. I am, I, I am quite, uh, what's the word I want to say, sensitive, I guess, to the, the idea of going after someone too hard that has uh, developed uh, some cognitive issues especially older in age, you know, as often, well, as is the case more often than we care to, uh, you know, it, it's a problem for, for folks, not all folks, obviously, but some folks as they age, there's um, some issues with some faculties functioning the same way. And so I don't want to come off as coming, you know, being too hard on Biden from that. But this guy's been a one-man gaff machine for a long time. Right? Do they really want to make this campaign about who is playing with a full deck? I mean, Trump might have gotten the name of Tulsi Gabbard wrong when he said Kelsey Gabbard. You know, being again, this happens with everyone. I do this sort of stuff. I yesterday or the day before, um, I said the wrong. I was hurried, but you know, between breaks or whatever, and I or was I came back. And I mentioned the name of one of our of our guests, and his name's Trent England. And I said we spoke with Trent Green. Trent Green, the former NFL player, he actually went to college down the road from us in Bloomington, Indiana, at IU, Indiana University. And I wasn't thinking about Trent Green. It just came out as Trent Green, even though it's Trent England. I didn't confuse myself and really think that Trent Green was going to come on the program and talk X's and O's. Trent Green is now, I don't know if he still is, but he was a, a sports commentator, color commentator during some of the games. I don't know which station. I want to say CBS, but I don't know. So these things happen, right? It's not a big deal. These things happen. But what is not normal is what we see from Biden. You know, I'm pretty sure if Trump was standing on stage with Tulsi Gabbard and Melania, Trump would be able to say, this is my wife and point to Melania and this is my friend, Tulsi Gabbard, and point to Tulsi. Remember, Biden Biden pointed to his sister, called her his wife, pointed to his wife and called her his sister. Biden also couldn't remember the name of the Declaration of Independence. You know, he called it the, uh, you know, you know the thing. He started to cite, he started to cite part of the Declaration. We hold these truths to be self-evident. He realized, oh boy, I started something I don't even know what the heck it says. Now, this isn't some obscure document in American history, letter, a letter between the founders or you know, one of the Federalist Papers or some such thing. This is the core of the founding document of this nation. He couldn't remember what it was, and he couldn't remember what to call the document. Now, I want to ask you, is that, which of these things is more problematic for a, a candidate Right, and then you listen to some of these speeches he gives. The speech where he was—it's the same speech the where he talked about corn pop, the legend of corn pop. But he's got you know kids rubbing his leg hair. Remember this? Kids rubbing his leg hair. All this stuff—it just goes to show you that they are. Yeah, you know, I, I want to go back to what Dr. Victor Davis Hansen told us uh, a couple of weeks ago when we interviewed him. He said that 
the chances that Obama, excuse me, Biden, there I go. I guess I'm confused by the O'Biden-Bama administration, as Joe likes to call it. But Vice President Biden, former Vice President Biden, has a, he said, 30% chance. 30% chance of still not being the Democratic nominee in this November's presidential election. And that's because all of the party power brokers here, all the the big money liberals, all those that are uh, the ones who shape the direction, influence the Democrat Party, many of these folks we don't even know, right? They they exist in the shadows. They don't want their, you know, they don't want to be out there front and center. Um, but some of them we do. They're out there making a determination if having Joe Biden at the top of the ticket is a good idea or is it political suicide. And I think they're watching this vice presidential choice with, um, of course, they're involved in making it as well. But they're they're involved. They're, they're they're looking at this and they're saying, "Hey, this guy, this guy better get it together here. Get a good choice for vice president. Show some positive bump out there on the campaign trail, even though there's no campaign trail to speak of out there in his." Basement. Let's move him up. You know, a, a promotion for Biden right now is to move him from his basement to the main floor of his home. That's that's a sign that the campaign is going somewhere positive. Of course, when they do that, they've got geese honking in the background. Biden, the best one-liner he can come up with is the the geese are upset about coronavirus or some stupid stupid comment there. So does he really want to make this? Does the Biden campaign really want to make this about which of these two men is playing, quote, with more of a full deck? That's my question. Again, we could go on and on with, with Joe Biden. And it's not just what we see now, even though what we see now I think is uh, many magnitudes worse, the gaffes or just the inability to answer questions, the awkwardness, the pausing the confusion it's it's evident for anyone who cares to to see this and again i'm since I, I don't want to get into that other than to say if they want to make this about who's playing more with the full deck i think that that is strategically a really 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 bad mistake really bad mistake um again not that i'm trying to help the democrat party but if that's their best option at this point making this about that um, I think that they've clearly got a mistake or a big problem on their hands. So, but you look at the the other political stories out there. Even though these things are just now beginning to hit the uh, even some of the alternative media, not the mainstream media, they'll ignore this for a while, pretend like it didn't happen. But Biden has been named by the Ukrainian government, right? With this phone call, they think. Uh, it's at least worth investigating whether or not he he inappropriately acted for you know to influence the firing of a of a Ukrainian official. Remember, this all goes back to Hunter Biden. We've got Tara Reid. We got some comments from Biden about that as well. Some bizarre things. I mean, it's just not it's not how you I think defend yourself. Right, it's not natural. It's not a normal response. If if you didn't harm someone, in this case, he's been accused again, as I've said on here countless times before. It's not just sexual assault, and I'm not minimizing sexual assault. I'm just simply saying it's 
a level above that. It's rape charges. He has been charged, not charged with, but alleged by Tara Reid to have raped her back in 1993 when she worked as a staffer for his office. 1993, I don't care if it was 27 years ago, 27 minutes ago, this is something that is completely unacceptable, evil, and egregious. If it's true, not, and I can say that without saying it is true. And so that is out there. Biden's out there. You know, in a normal world, if someone you knew was accused of this, I don't think they would say, well, you know, all women deserve to be heard. Um, and then you guys in the media need to investigate. This is, this is what he says. He doesn't just flat out deny it. Well, you know, all women deserve to be heard. Uh, Mr. Vice President, former Vice President Joe Biden, you do know that she's accused you of rape. And you're acting as though you're okay with that. And um, that she needs to be heard. Why does she need to be heard if she's lying? That'd be my question. I'm not saying that the, that she's not allowed to speak through some gag order, but just in a sense of uh, just why would we choose to listen to someone's story who's made up? That seems a bizarre way of thinking about it to me. But that's how he's portraying it. Because, again, he can't be perceived as attacking women. He's got to be this candidate that's sensitive to all of the issues that, uh, that matter to suburban moms. They think that they, they need to win that voting block to win the 2020 election. And so that's the story he's sticking with. I mean, it's, it's nonsensical gibberish. Well, we should hear her out. We should investigate it. It's not, you know, it's not true. It absolutely didn't happen. I can't talk about her motivations, but, you know, she should be heard. Why? Why should we listen to someone make stuff up? I don't want to waste my time hearing stories that aren't true, Joe Biden, but that's not how he goes about saying this. So you've got, you got Tara Reid, you've got Ukraine and Joe, uh, Hunter Biden, you've got his search for vice president, and that is not, I mean, I don't think that that's, that's not a promising development at all. And you've got the Democrat power brokers sitting there, stroking their, their chin, thinking, is this really what we want to go with? Do we want to blow up the convention, get rid of Joe Biden, and find someone else to put in as our candidate? That's really, again, I, all things are possible. But when Victor Davis Hanson told me this was poss a legitimate option, and when I heard that Bill Bennett actually said 50% chance, it's no wonder that the campaign wants to actually talk about who's playing with the full deck. It makes no sense, but that's the that, think about that. The best option, the best option for them to talk of, of issues to talk about right now for the Biden campaign is who is playing with the, with more of a full deck, Trump or Biden? Because Trump said Kelsey Gabbard, Kelsey Gabbard instead of Tulsi Gabbard, that's an indication he's playing with something short of a full deck. Meanwhile, the examples of Joe Biden's gaffes and are much more common, number one, and not only are they much more common, they're much more dr dramatic and uh, just really ridiculous in many cases. Stand up, Chuck, that's one of my other, uh, you know, examples. Stand up, Chuck, a guy in a wheelchair. This was back before 2000, and boy, this was some time ago, but telling a guy to stand up and be acknowledged, oh, what am I talking about? Chuck, you're in a wheelchair. Let's stand up for Chuck. Right. This is 
there's a lot of Biden gaffes, a lot of Biden <laughs> comments that that show us that he is playing. If anyone's quote unquote not playing with the full deck, I mean it. It just highlights one of the things that I think clearly, clearly is in the favor of of Trump. Right, the ability to quickly engage and to be our articulate. You may not agree with what Trump's saying, but my goodness, at least what he's saying is you can you can trace the the sense of it. Biden, I have no idea. I'm hearing stories about corn pop. I'm hearing, you know, incomplete sentences. He can't even remember the Declaration of Independence, what it's called, that foundational document and so forth. So anyway, this campaign, the Biden campaign, is scared, and I don't blame them. They have a bad candidate. They've got bad vice presidential choices, and they've got a lot of bad media. And if we had a truly fair and unbiased media, this would be really all we hear about right now. That, of course, and and some things with with COVID, of course, but we would hear a lot more about it. But that's not the case. That is living in fantasy world, my friends. That's never going to happen. I suppose it might happen if the Democrat Party decides they want to replace Biden. the, the, The media might go after him then because they want to help further the cause of the Democrat Party. But right now, he's their guy. And they're going to ignore all this other stuff. I'm sure they're going to say all these things are coming from Trump and misinformation and all this kind of jazz. But anyway, that's their best argument right now. Trump's not playing with the full deck. Meanwhile, their candidate is utterly confused in many interviews. Not a good place to be right now for the Democrats. Of course, we've got a long way to go, and I've got to take a break. Sit tight. We'll be back here in just a minute. Welcome back. So, I actually was about to, I shared something with you on Facebook, but Facebook's acting, acting poorly this morning. Said, sorry, something went wrong. So anyway, can't share it. But we'll do that as um, hopefully Facebook decides to to cooperate. So we've got Tara Reid, right? The media has largely ignored this. The media has defended Biden about this. Nancy Pelosi's been out there basically. I mean, it, doing a complete 180, right? Complete 180. Um Basically saying, you know, Joe is Joe and I'm going to vote for Joe. It doesn't matter really to me anything uh, that happened. It's been investigated. We're not going to talk about it. Joe's my choice. I don't want to hear about it, basically, is, is where she's she's been with this. And not just her, others, others as well. You hear media. I remember there's a New York Times article. The headline, I'm going to paraphrase this, but the headline said something to the effect of, uh, I believe Tara Reid, but I'm still voting for Joe Biden. You could also rewrite that headline to say, Joe Biden is accused of being a rapist. I believe he is a rapist, and I'm going to vote for a rapist as president. I mean, that is, again, I this th- even this detail is not being communicated clearly. This is not simply... Joe Biden, you know, going into a bar, and I'm not condoning any of this, and smacking a woman on the rear end. 
This is Joe Biden forcibly pushing a woman, his somebody on his team, someone that should trust him, someone that works for him, right? This was, again, worked in the past, worked for him, 1993, by her account, which, again, is not, despite what the left wanted you to believe whenever that was a year or two ago, just because she said it happened didn't mean that it does happen or that it did happen. But he forcibly pushed her up against the wall, put his hand up her skirt, and I hate saying this, there's young ears, cover those ears, but give you a second to do that. But then he, as she alleges, um, penetrated her uh, with his fingers. I feel like I need to take a shower after saying that. But so this is, that's the allegation, and that is rape. That is rape. Again, not minimizing the other things that happen, sexual assault, anything like that. I'm saying this needs to be clearly articulated. It's not just Joe, you know, whistling at a girl at a construction site or something, right? And that's kind of what I think they want you to think about this. They don't, it's really her allegations. And then they say, we've talked about this. It's the same way that they handled, by the way, the Hunter Biden thing. What were the, what's the defense of, of Hunter Biden? Well, the media looked into it and there was nothing there. Oh, okay. The media looked into it. Well, you, you care to expound upon that a little bit? You care to share with us what you looked into, who you spoke with, what they told you? Nah. No, all we want to do is tell you we looked into it. And trust us, there's nothing to see there. Really? Based on what? What, what, what reporting have you given to me that should make me just trust you completely to the point to where if you say it, I just need to accept it and move on and forget about it. In what universe do they operate in if that's how they think um, that we should look at the media? You know, the media should ask the president tough questions, and the public should be critical of the media. They don't like this part of it. In fact, they think if you're critical of the media that you're against the First Amendment. They really don't think that. They just want to argue that to make you feel bad. Um, If you disagree with something, one of their insane journalists, or they're not journalists, they're all opinion writers, one of their opinion writers who's pretending to be a journalist, what he or she writes or says or whatever, they don't want you to be able to question that. They want you to feel like, yeah, you know, can't question this. First Amendment. Media's got a job in the Constitution. I say put your big boy and big girl pants on, those of you in the media, And if someone criticizes what you're saying about a story or an incident or what you're not reporting, explain it to us. Talk about it. Let's have an open and and fair debate. Let's, let's, Let's air these things. Let's let the light of truth be shined brightly on the situation. Nope, not how they like to do it. And it's understandable why. It's very understandable. The reason is, is because folks who are deceivers like to operate in the dark. These folks, there is a massive chunk of these folks that are professional deceivers. Their goal is not to give you information. Their goal is to get you to make a certain decision. And if that's your mindset, if that is your mindset, it affects everything. It affects how you report on COVID. It, it affects how you 
what you decide to tell the American people during your news reports about candidate Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, Ukraine, Tara Reid. It affects all of that. It affects what you talk about with the Trump-Ukraine call and impeachment. It affects your position, even though the media shouldn't really have a position, on Trump-Russian collusion. It affects all of that stuff. And that's what we're seeing. It's undeniable. It's absolutely positively undeniable. But they want you to believe them. There's nothing there. Nothing there with Hunter Biden in Ukraine. We looked into it. <laughs> I don't know who they think. Now, maybe that works with I'm, – I'm guessing it does work with some people. It doesn't work with me and it doesn't work with you. That that doesn't fly. So what? I don't care what you think you've found. Why don't you talk about it? Why don't you report about it? Nothing to report. Well, then why did the Ukraine government – why did the Ukraine government just formally, effectively unmask Biden – and we'll talk about that after the break. But why did they just why did they just do that if there's nothing here? Look, the Ukrainian government's been scandalous in the past. I'm not saying it's as pure as the wind-driven snow or anything like that. There's legitimate problems in that government, and they could be uh, they're not perfect either. But why did they do it? Talk about it. They don't want to talk about these things because they want a desired outcome. They want a desired outcome, and that is a president, Joe Biden, or a president who's not named Donald Trump is what they want. A president who's not tied to Trump's campaign. They don't want a president Mike Pence either. They don't want a Republican president. They want Joe Biden or whoever the party power brokers decide to put in as the nominee if they choose Joe Biden or if they decide Joe Biden is uh, not fit or not capable of winning this election. So. Quick timeout. When we get back, um, I want to get into this story about Ukrainian, um, a Ukrainian judge who has ordered Joe Biden, ordered that Joe Biden be listed as an alleged perpetrator of a crime in Ukraine. That's right. So we actually have someone named as a potential criminal, and that person's not Donald J. Trump. So this is why the campaign wants to talk about who's more mentally fit for office. I mean, they'll talk about anything besides this. This isn't going away, by the way. And I'm not saying the media is going to take this and run with it. But Trump's not going to let this go away, and neither should he. They're in a world of hurt right now. Here we are in May, right? Here we are in May. We've got about five and a half months before Election Day. And this is just now beginning. So buckle up for the next five or six months here. Uh, we ain't seen nothing yet. We thought 2016 was contentious and uh, divisive. Just wait for what we're about to go through. So that said, I got to take a break. Listening to Conservative Not Better Talk, I'm your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. All right, so so let's go back here. I can't post these things on Facebook. Facebook is not cooperating at the moment. I'm going to assume that that is a honest mistake by Facebook and not that they have suddenly decided to target the content of this program. I put nothing, nothing past some of these jokers, but I think it's just a, a, an honest glitch here. But anyway, um, 
Dan Bongino. I'm looking at um, an article on his website. Ukraine judge orders Biden be listed as alleged perpetrator in crime of crime, excuse me, and prosecutors firing. So you'll remember this. This is actually an audio clip of this of Joe Biden sitting up there on stage. I forget what he's in, who he's in front of the group, but he's bragging about this. Bragging about this. You know, I told them, you know, I'm getting on a plane in six hours. If you want that billion dollars, you need to fire this prosecutor. Of course, the more that we've learned about this, in spite of the media's desire for us not to learn anything about this, even though they tell us, oh, they've looked into this. Oh, they have they have turned over every stone imaginable. There is nothing Nothing that they haven't done to get to the truth here on Joe Biden. They're trying to let us know. They want us to know that if the Democrat, the presumed nominee of the Democrat Party is, you know, unfit for office or corrupt, they want us to know that. Well, you don't believe that? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Anyway, so we've got Biden on record bragging about this. We also have found out. Over the course of time. And of course, this, by the way, remember, remember what brought all this to light. It was the Democrats' pursuit of impeachment over President, uh, of President Donald Trump, right? They made this about this Ukraine call. That's, again, this is, this is the, the MO for the Democrat Party. They want to accuse you of what they themselves are guilty of. And so Trump talking to Ukraine, um, asking them to look into Hunter Biden and Burisma had to be, um, you know, it was worthy of impeachment, right? Worthy of impeachment. And, but Trump, um, you know, there's, there's two ways of looking at this. One, one of the ways is uh, Trump came in and is the first candidate maybe arguably – well, we'll say in some time, maybe longer, in modern times, maybe ever, who said, look, this nonsense and this corruption is going to stop, right? The whole, the whole phrase, drain the swamp, it came from, it came from this idea. D.C. has become this pathetic place because people here are power hungry. People here have seen that they can make a heck of a lot of money. They can be lifers. They can be appointed to, you know, positions whether it be ambassador or some other position that comes with a title, position, prestige, power, money, free trips around the world, whatever it is. And it's become corrupt, really corrupt. I'm not even talking a little corrupt. I'm talking oozing, you know, uh, political pus. I mean, this thing is just. It's just disgusting. It's a swamp. It's it's filthy. It needs to be drained and cleaned. So that's how Trump, one of the ways how Trump framed the 2016 election. Crooked Hillary. Crooked Hillary was crooked because she was a part of that, that beast, that uh, she was in the belly of the beast. And we got examples of things that she things that she did that were egregious that illustrated just how bad the government was. Someone makes an egregious mistake in the Democrat Party. They're not treated the same way that a Republican is. Although I'll say this in all fairness, 
They, many times, many times they circle the wagons around themselves, protecting one another, unless they can politically benefit from it, which of course is often the case. Republicans might call for investigations. That's what all this, all this stuff that's going on. And I know many of you are asking this question. I want to. It's not enough anymore for someone to call for an investigation. What are you going to do about it? I know I hear from some of you sometimes. I'm sick of the investigations. When are they actually going to do something about it? Well, they'll start doing something about it when most of their constituents realize it's just a ruse. ruse. It's just an ability or opportunity, I should say, for them to go out and to take to the podium and to slam their fist down. We got to clean up Washington, D.C. Yeah, the fans cheer. The people in the audience clap and cheer. They go back to D.C. They take the lapel mic off. They sit down with their staff and they effectively say, well, they're they're still riled up about that. I don't have to do anything about it. All I have to do is go out there and make a speech, go out there and talk about how bad Obamacare is, go out there and talk about my desire to restore liberty in this great nation. Not going to do a diddly darn thing about it, but I get to go out there and, and get the political benefit of that. When that stops happening and that stops happening, when we say we don't care what you say anymore, Congressman X, Senator Y, whoever, we don't care. What we care about is you actually doing something about it. Because if it is as bad as we're being told, then it's not, it's not good enough to get the scalpel and just kind of trim away at the edges maybe occasionally. You know, you, you find someone who can be a scapegoat and maybe you go after them and everybody applauds and is, proud, is smiling and thinking that we're doing something. No, you need to take, you need to take the, uh, the approach that says we're going to start lopping off big chunks of this because it is so, so cancerous. It is so, so corrupt. We don't need the scalpel to trim off little pieces of corruption. We need to get the stinking butcher's knife and chop off whole sections of this because this has uh, metastasized. This has turned into an out-of-control cancerous growth. And it's evidence. It's evidence in the Biden campaign. It was evident. There was evidence of this, a lot of evidence of this with Clinton. And they they know that normally it doesn't matter. But when you have a candidate like Trump and you have some of these alternative sources of information and media, it's a different game. It's changed. the if, Look, if, if we still lived in the 1980s right now and we had the big three, CBS, ABC, NBC, and people got their information there. There was no internet. There's no bloggers. Uh, Talk radio was really effectively at that time, uh, and this is oversimplifying it, but the voice of one man, Rush Limbaugh, you know, screaming from the mountaintops. If if they had that environment again, we probably wouldn't have, have any information. They would have decided, bury it. And they still decided to bury it in spite of all these alternative sources of media, the internet, the Ukraine government releasing statements that we can now actually read and listen to ourselves. They released the phone call if you want to listen to that. Again, I can't post this on Facebook right now because Facebook is not cooperating. But but it's a different game. It's a different game. And the truth is there for those who care to find it. And the truth is there's all sorts of information, stories that show that the Biden team is corrupt to the core, corrupt to the core. And they want to ignore that. Let them. I say let them. 
We'll keep talking about it here. Isa's telling me just not right now because it's time to take a break, and she would be correct, so I'm going to take a time out. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I am your host, Todd Huff, back in just a minute. Welcome back. So a couple of quick housekeeping items, I guess, here. This will be the last day this week that we broadcast. We are uh, tomorrow. We're going to take a an extended, well, take a four-day weekend here with Memorial Day uh, on Monday. So tomorrow we will uh, be airing an encore episode of the program. So are we time for a break, guys? I've been, I've been long. Last segment was long. She just told me it was time for a break. But anyway, I got another minute here before I have to have to take the break. So tomorrow, the program will be an encore. We'll be back on Tuesday. Monday will be an encore to Memorial Day. I hit it back full speed early next week as we're getting to the end of May, which is crazy. And um, I guess I would mention here, too, that Tuesdays, Tuesdays are the day that our email newsletter goes out. It's free. You can join, become a uh, well, subscriber to Semi-Sweet Morsels of Truth, our conservative, not bitter emails uh, newsletter by joining, uh, excuse me, by visiting ToddHuffShow.com slash subscribe, or you can text the word Huff, H-U-F-F, to 31996. And with that, it is time for me to take one more break, come back and wrap up the first hour. However, I'll tell you, we're also... Uh, broadcasting hour two on youtube on our youtube channel so you can check that out here just after the top of the hour but gotta take a break you're listening to conservative not better talk i'm your host todd huff back in just a minute Welcome back. So, found this tweet, a tweet from Mika Brzezinski. Of course, she is co-host of, what is it, Morning Joe on MSNBC or whatever they call that show. And uh, she tweets out here, oh my gosh, these people, this was yesterday. I just now saw this. She's going to be reaching out to the head of Twitter, she says. I will be reaching out to the to head of Twitter about their policies being violated every day by President Trump. Hope my call is taken. Please retweet if you agree. Oh, how she longs for the good old days. How she longs for those good old days when the media determined what we knew about a president, especially if that president was a Republican. They don't like people like President Trump going straight to the American people. They didn't like Reagan, by the way, using the bully pulpit either, talking directly to the American people through his televised addresses and so forth. They don't like that. They want to be able to tell you what to believe or what to know, I guess, well, and ultimately what to believe about the president of the United States. They don't like Twitter. Give me a break. What? Again, put on your big girl pants, Mika. This is pathetic. This is a joke. You're supposed to be on the side of free speech. Supposed to be on the side of freedom of the press. I'm sure she's one of these folks that's been moaning and crying and whining about Trump being a 
enemy of the press by calling them fake news. Well, how about you just do your job? You know, that would do more wonders than anything else. Anyway, music's telling me it's time to wrap up. Guys, join me on YouTube, hour number two. See you in a minute. SDG.